the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. fun one. What movie did they use this in? Was it uh, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was out in Minnesota doing his Christmas shopping, I think? It's pretty good. Yeah, Jingle yeah. All the Way. What was it? Jingle All the Jingle Way. Jingle All the Way. Was nope. that the movie? That's right. Yep. That's it. I'm impressed, Joseph. I'm impressed. Yeah, he, well, he's he's a cinemaphile, I can tell. Yeah. Hey, don't don't forget, if you are into uh, Christmas movies, the I think... This is a, a toss-up between It's a Wonderful Life and just a fun movie, all right? But we're going to show the fun movie this Tuesday. Okay. And we're showing uh, White Christmas. Ooh. If you've never seen it on the big screen, here's your opportunity. Okay. And it is a great movie on the big screen. Technicolor. Technicolor back in the day was, you know, was almost like, you know, Buena Vista colors from Disney. They were bright, real okay. bright and, and beautiful. And you get to see that on the on the big screen. 7 o'clock, Tuesday night. Here's the best part of it. Only five bucks to get in. Oh, wow. So you can go and see the movie. I'll take a look here in a second and see how many tickets look like to be uh, still around. I, I think that we've got, we had sold out about three quarters of the seats as of Friday. So a lot of people like that movie. It's one of the the three, the big three that we show. The big three Christmas movies for the Dave Ellsworth Classic movie is It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, and Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. I like watching that movie because, you know, Natalie Wood, not at that time, but Natalie Wood was one of my favorite actresses. And uh, uh, over the weekend on uh, TCM, I watched uh, West Side Story again. And I haven't – have you looked to see what the – uh, the box office was for West Side Story this weekend, the new Spielberg movie. Um, I have seen it. I saw the movie yesterday. I thought it was fine. You know, I. Do you think kids? I, it's today? been a while since I've seen the original, but I liked the the new one that Steven Spielberg did just fine. But the box office that I last saw, uh-huh. the movie cost about one hundred million to make, and it made like twelve million. Woo! Ouch! Ouch! Which goes to show that you can't talk culture with young kids, especially. I mean, I don't know if that movie resonates with kids today. Especially were the were the were the uh, the gangs Puerto Rican and uh, uh, what what the other? Yeah, I'm trying to think. The sharks yeah, and the sharks, jets. Sharks and, sharks and jets. jets. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember one. The sharks were Puerto Rican and the jets were what what. Uh, just uh, American. Were they just American yeah, yeah. kids? So, so okay. So, local I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about uh, you know, you know, different ethnicities and things of that nature. Back even in that day, Leonard Bernstein saw it, and he and he saw it on Broadway, 
And then he added some music and some different songs to it, him and Sondheim, and uh, turned around and uh, had a huge, huge hit with it. I mean, a massive hit from it. One of the best uh, musicals uh, on on the on the big screen. My favorite big screen musical, Cabaret. Really, I love Cabaret. Cabaret. All right, yeah, which takes part in what's going on in America right now, where a government was spending way too much money to fight inflation, mm-hmm. and people would go to the stores with wheelbarrow barrels full of money because they didn't know between the time they got from their house to the grocery store what inflation had done to the money. Which goes to show Good. that you can't just print up money. You can't just print and up money. stop inflation. It that doesn't, doesn't work. That doesn't, doesn't work that way. And they're trying yeah. to do it now, yeah. right now. And I saw where Schumer wants to have a vote in the Senate this week on BBB. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's got the votes yet. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be the best part. Yeah. Be stop happens. that insanity. Because who was it? Susie Orman that used to say stop the insanity. Is that Susie? Yeah, I think it is Susie. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm sharp today. You right? are sharp. It's a Monday, but I'm feeling pretty sharp today. I was pretty today. impressed at bringing in the Christmas movie, and then you brought in Cabaret, yeah. and then you brought in Inflation. That was, yeah. that was a nice tie-in. I slowly make the bridge to the real topic, and the real topic is a simple one. Um, are we doing enough in the state of Arkansas uh, to get to zero, um, you know, intro, you know, where you pay your taxes are we getting to that zero fast enough i don't think so just my own my own personal opinion i think we can make that move quicker than what the governor is trying to do it i'm I'm wondering if he's going to make the initial cut and then is going to let sarah really rev it up what do you guys think uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know her, so I don't really know what she's going to do. Oh, you but. haven't talked to her yet. I thought you would have <clears throat> talked to her by now to find out what her thoughts are. Uh, I'm relatively low on the totem pole, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't, yeah. she right, doesn't right call you first thing on the ground. <laughs> no, we're still yeah. kind of working on that. Yeah. Um, I'm super. I mean, it was, it was great news, you know, to get this big tax cut. But it's weird. Joseph and I were talking about it this weekend, and we we're talking about two things. We were like, okay, so one, we got that. And we were just like, okay, but what's the next thing, right? You know, we, we got this tax cut, and we are excited about that. It's a great thing. It's super I'm not. Exciting. I know. I'm, could, I'm just not. You're not. But we were, right. couldn't help but sort of say, okay, well, let's get on to the next problem. There's a million other things we can do. Yeah. And let's work on those. Okay. So what are the big? What are some of the big things that you want them to work on, starting in what would it be? Twenty twenty three would be the yep. next time. So, I mean, I think we'd both like to see uh, tax expenditure limits mm-hmm. because the way we're set up now, if the state brings in any extra revenue, the RSA does not protect you. If they bring in extra revenue, if the economy is booming, they just spend the money. And they have an infinite list of things they'd like to spend the money on. It really is infinite. And the, the RSA is the, the Revenue Stabilization Act, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yes, good point. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yes, the Revenue Stabilization yeah. Act is what happens when there's not enough money. But when there's more than enough money they just get to spend it and what i'd like for it to do is to just go back to taxpayers right, right. you earned it yeah you should have it back How would in your you pocket like to have some money in your pocket right yeah that's right that's right you're not actually working for the government it feels well i mean actually i guess you are working for the government but i'd like for you to not be working for the government when is when is tax relief day as far here in the country now so uh, 
the the tax foundation puts out uh, this this tax uh, it's basically tax relief day publication, and they said that that Arkansas falls sometime in May this year. Wow! So, so it's actually the latest it's ever been. Uh, the the actual the national tax day has also been pushed forward. Uh, so just obviously do the the, the increase. I want everybody to think of that for just a moment. If it's in May, that means you're like five and a half months into the year, and now you're seeing your money. Right. Right. So, so yes. that's just when you've you've paid off your state individual income tax and all of your your individual your, right, your, all of your tax burden has been paid by that point. Now, Up until that point, you're not really keeping your money. Okay, Joe. So have they do they factor in how much taxes you're paying on products? So they they try to, and that's that's a little bit difficult because obviously everyone's everyone buys different levels uh, of things. Uh, sales taxes are going to vary between you know, income brackets, but they do try to uh, make sure that they're accounting for things like sales tax and things like property tax. And obviously that's going to hit renters different than it's going to hit home, you know, homeowners. Yeah. People just don't understand that you're you're paying more than just income tax. It's just not Mm -hmm. what you see go out of your paycheck that you're paying. I, I had read an article, this is several years ago, where they thought that most you know, people who were earning incomes, uh, you know, keep their family fed and things of that nature were paying nearly 60% on a dollar to be able to the, to the government. Right. And we need to get away from that, but we haven't gotten away from it yet. I don't know if we ever will. I, I really worry that we, we never will. Um, and it's really frustrating because it really does feel like what happens in, in D.C. is not really under our control. I feel that way. It does feel that right. way, right? Like it feels like, like it's out of control. It's there. out of control, and yeah. you know the people who are who are spending the money, who are printing the money, you, you don't never have, run They into don't them. have a clue. Nope. They don't have a clue. Nope. They don't interact with us. At least at the local level, it's very likely you're going to run into your local legislator at Kroger or someplace. But, it's a lot more. Well, you know, how often did you run into? <laughs> I'm are not you expecting run to run president? into Schumer how, anytime. How often are you going to yeah. run into these other people? Yeah, you know Nancy Pelosi doesn't shop anywhere near me. I don't know where no, she shops. I doubt if she does any of her shopping. Probably not. <laughs> she's probably not showing up at And I doubt if she's calling Walmart to buy her her uh, stuff that she's eating. Probably yeah. not. Probably not. Yeah. I forget what ice cream she eats. She eats some real high brand ice cream and keeps it in a very very expensive refrigerator freezer. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm kind of impressed. Actually, I mean, I like ice cream, so I'm kind yeah. of impressed by that. This might be the first nice thing I've ever heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> So when she goes for ice cream, she gets the good stuff. Yeah, wow. she buys the good stuff. She likes the good Dave stuff. Dave Ellswick we'll said there. nice things about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, no, I, I got to no, write down no, this in my no, diary. That's not what I didn't mean that to sound <laughs> nice. No, no, Believe no, me, no, I didn't mean no, that to sound, no. sound nice. So the uh, uh, an Ipso poll came out just this morning from NBC, and I forget who else. Mm-hmm. Is it Ipso? That's the other group. That's right. uh, and uh, Biden not looking good in the polls, looking very bad in the polls, in fact. I thought I saw that how is he handling inflation over 60% of likely voters don't like what he's doing, which is nothing. Yeah, sure. Except sure. spending more money, which does nothing for inflation except right. drive it up. And we were just talking about that before we came. By the way, this is guys from Acre over at UCA. When I want to talk uh, politics with them about money, and about our, you know, how much you're spending in taxes. These are the guys I bring on. For me, these are our local heritage foundation. They uh, they keep they keep uh, track of all of this stuff. 
uh, for us and try to figure it out. At least Joseph does. He's the bean counter. Best <laughs> yeah, way that, to put it. Yeah. So, so talking about talking about spending, though, I mean, at the federal level, we really can't control spending, but here at the state level, we can, and and that's why we want to see a tax expenditure limit in place. That's why we want to see uh, some sort of constitutional or or state legislatively mandated limit on how much the government can spend, whether that's a growth rate of 1.5%. Uh, for instance, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves in his next next year's budget just wants to cap spending at a 1.5% growth. Uh-huh. That way, you know, the government spending isn't going to run away. We're not going to have, you know, inflationary pressures, at least in Mississippi. But Arkansas could also implement something like that. Colorado uh, is, is the state in the nation that passed the most restrictive tax expenditure limit. It's called uh, Tabor Taxpayer Bill of Rights. And what Tabor does is it caps the, the spending from state governments and local government, which is important, at uh, a rate of growth of the population change plus inflation. So they're keeping track with, with what's going on in Washington plus what's going on in their own state with the population growth. I like that it counts for the local level, too. That's really right. important. Right. That's Because, you know, your local government will spend a lot of money, too, if you're not careful. Now, they, you can see them. You can run into them much yep. more easily, but yep. they will spend money. Ask the folks in Capit about, yeah. you know, $60 million bond issue mm-hmm. that less than 1% of the registered voters took part in the election because it was a special election. It was a special election, right. and they right. drive me crazy. Right. I voted three times in Little Rock mm-hmm. this, this, this fall. Not over the year. In the fall, I voted three times. Just over the past few months. Um, and that drives me crazy. It's clearly designed that at some point they've worn you down and you don't show up to vote That's again. exactly right. I'm surprised that Scott got beat this last time on the tax increase yeah. that he wanted. I was really surprised. I just it's, thought, well, I'll be on in the morning talking about, yeah, your taxes have gone up. Why did you vote a new tax on yourself? And guess what? The people didn't do it. People didn't do it. That's right. But then there were two more elections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They keep trying. They got they got some extra money for the schools yep. as though they need more money. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to take a yeah. break. We'll come back. We'll talk further about all of this because it just never ends. And, you know, some of the things that have uh, moved down into the local level that were done on the First, it's federal level, and then on the state level, and now they're at the local level. Yep. And we'll talk about all of that. Easton Towing wants you to know that they're ready to help you if you break down on the highway. If you break down on the highway and you're pulling your boat or your camper or whatever, how does that change the whole towing that has to happen? How do you make sure that your car is being taken to where you want it to be taken and not some boneyard someplace you don't want that to happen you've got a group here at east end towing that belongs to the arkansas tow and recovery board they're licensed insured uh tow uh, operation and each of their trucks is permitted and has uh, their standards met with their company no matter the situation east end towing can handle it they've got the answers for you Put this number in your phone. Don't just call some tow company under Google. Uh, 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. That's East in Towing. All right, I just checked. You're going to like this, Heidi. Uh, the time of the movie now on Tuesday night is 7 o'clock and 7.05. 7, 7 o'clock is sold out. So uh, you, we got a, a full theater for you to buy tickets to now. So let's try to get two or three theaters 
you know, filled up and let's get in the Christmas spirit. Fantastic. You know, have some fun times with that. Um, I don't, I think you can buy hot chocolate if you want to. Oh, cool. That would be kind of cool to have with the winter feel to the movie and things of that nature. It's one of the things I'm going tomorrow night to see it. It's been a while since I've seen it on the big screen and that, that, that last 30 minutes of that movie is well worth seeing just for the Technicolor. Uh, with the the big red robes that, that the women have on, you mm-hmm. know, Rosemary Clooney has on and stuff, and so I'm going to go see it again. Which means when I do the show on Wednesday, with uh, you know, with uh, uh, Senator Bozeman's going to be on Wednesday at six thirty five. Don't blame me if I don't ask him all the important questions because I'll probably still be tired from staying up late coming sure. into Little Rock to watch the movie, but that. Small price to pay. Small price to pay. To be able to see it. But anyway, first theater is sold out. That's very good. I got to tell you, I've been having a lot of emails. People say, what was that address that I got to go on and to buy tickets? And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can see that that's the, that's the seats. The green ones are seats that are remaining. And that's the big theater. So pretty much sold out. That's very cool. I'm glad to see it. I like to get people in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, for sure. As far as that goes. A lot more lights up this year. I don't know if you noticed that, but I think people are done with the COVID thing and they want to have lights up again and and be happy, you know, and and know that we can do things. We had uh, church was pretty well packed yesterday, so that was good. Good, good. And uh, at New Life uh, uh, Church, we'll have the, uh, the candlelight service, 22nd, 23rd. 24th on the 22nd 23rd it's like seven o'clock at night and then on uh, friday i think it's at two and four okay so you can go home for christmas eve and get there in a decent time though the kids would be going nuts by then yes be one to open their presents uh, for christmas eve night but anyway yeah a lot of things going on coming up in the next couple of weeks so i just my favorite time of year it was always my father's all right so we were talking and we're talking with with David and with Joseph from over at Acre. And these are the guys that parse the numbers and uh, they're economists. And uh, they can look at what's going on and can kind of give you a feel for where we may be going as a state. Um, I can tell you we're going straight to hell in a handbasket as far as federal people go that are that are around right now as far as the Democrats they they're not we were talking about this maybe we should explain this used to be you would use the term kinsian and people knew what you were talking about now they don't i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think they even have a clue kinsians believe you can spend as much money as you want to that somehow you're going to make that money up how's that is that pretty good is that uh, pretty good i mean if you actually take the, an econ class the kinsian economics the idea is that you spend your way out of a recession, yes, and then you cut the spending when the economy gets better again. And there's a little tiny footnote. Oh, it might be hard for you know government bureaucrats to to actually ever want to cut yes. the spending or to know as if that was like some irrelevant part. You're like, no, 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 that's actually the main part. You know, Milton Friedman has this great line that there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. That's right. Mm-hmm. And well, so, what was it Reagan said? Closest thing to eternity is a government program. Yeah, it's the truth. That's why I think Joseph and I care a lot about tax expenditure limits. It sounds so like, oh man, 
boring. It does sound boring. <laughs> Except boring. The, the yeah. second the government gets yeah. an extra penny, they've figured out how to spend it. Yes, they have. And they think, well, we'll just do this one time. But of course, that's not what's going to happen. So no. what we think is like, hey, if if the government, if the economy is booming, and I hope it starts booming soon, I worry a little bit because we have 6.8% inflation. But yep. if the economy is booming and people are making money and we have an income tax and people are paying it, boy, why can't that money go back to people's pocket? Mm-hmm. You earned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an economic reason of saying people should get it back because they're going to spend it better than the government is. Always. And there's a moral reason. You earned it. What right? I always you like got to hear. It I like, yeah, but I like when they say, well, but don't save it. Mm. You got to spend it because you're not helping the, you know, yeah, not, anything that's going on if you're not spending it. And that's pure BS. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my family, we don't take our, our additional money and bury it in a coffee can. We invest it. Right? Yeah. We yeah. invest it, hoping yeah. that companies will grow and, and continue and be bigger. And that's our, you know, our retirement. And it's good that people are saving their money so that firms can invest. Yes, it is. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. I'm just talking about watching new homes going up in my subdivision. Uh, many of you know where I live. I live, I look down on on, on uh, Greystone, all right? Uh, it's they're not looking up at me because my home is bigger than theirs. Let's just put it that way. That's where the really big homes are. But they're building a bunch of new homes in the subdivision I'm at, which will remain anonymous. But uh, we're looking at houses that are 2,000 square foot bigger than what I have. And, uh, look, I, I I bought less than 20 years ago. And that's huge that it's changed that much. Almost 4,000 feet. And most of the, I would, I would, I would guess that most of the homes are for three or four member families. I, I raised almost five kids. <laughs> in my uh, house. Almost five kids. Yeah. No, I'm okay. Saying yeah. One of them left early. Okay. okay. So I, I don't, I don't, I give them the break that they left early, but it's, it's really, really amazing to me how much individual footage you're giving for each person then mine is up 20 almost 2500 and i had five people that's that's a lot 500 square foot per person you know you don't even have to see anybody else in the family for most days if you got almost four thousand square foot now and you got five kids holy cow that's a lot of room living on an island Yeah, yeah absolutely Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Because dad's paying all the bills. I'm not paying anything. I don't worry about that, turning out lights and, and uh, you know, if it gets a little too warm in the house, I'll turn the air conditioner down. I'm not okay. paying the bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Jeez. laughs> or during the night, it gets a little chilly in the I, I have yet to figure this out. Why 72 is warm during the summer but cold during the winter? That's a good question. Is is because there's no drafts, right? You don't have drafts in your house. Get it? If you had drafts in your house, it. that would be different. They get up and they go. It's cold in the house. It's the same temperature it was four months ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's seventy two in here. Don't touch. Don't touch it. You know, if I catch you touching it, I'll break your fingers, kid. <laughs> Just the way it is. All right, David Lucas wants you to remember about what he's doing for you. 
He knows that you're concerned about out-of-control government spending. We're talking about it right now. Uh, soaring inflation, we're talking about it right now. Political unrest, we haven't really mentioned that, but that does have something to do with it. And a rapid decline in the U.S. dollar. And if you're going overseas, you're finding that out. So uh, it's, it's why a lot of people right now are buying gold and silver. Typically, it can help make up some of that area that you're trying to uh, not lose your money out of your nest egg. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to let 1970s uh, style inflation destroy your retirement or your outlook on life. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets. It could help you protect it. Could get out of control where gold and silver really doesn't happen, but that will protect your assets like your IRA, your 401k, and your hard-earned money that you've put away in savings. Uh, All you got to do is call 501-222-3315. David Lucas is going to help you out because they only work with a regulated and licensed national wholesaler in the the country, and it's, uh, you know, you get direct prices from that dealer. So to learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through the David Lucas Financial Company and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Just something to keep in mind. And I've known David now for, what, 20 years almost. And he does the job, and he does it very well. He keeps well up on all of that stuff. All right, David and Joseph are here from Acre. We're talking about money. Uh, That should get your attention right off the bat when we mention that. And how and what you should be talking to your local uh, representative about so that you get to keep more of your money. Here's a term I don't like to hear. Well, it's revenue neutral. Here's what revenue neutral means to me. We're going to put a little bit of money in your left pocket, but to do that, we got to take about half more out of your right pocket. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that drives me crazy is that people will talk about the government revenue as if the purpose of government is to maximize revenue. Yes. And they'll ask questions about tax cuts and say, oh, well, does this mean that we're going to get more tax revenue in the future? I say, I hope not. Yeah. That's the entire purpose of the of the spending limit, right, is that right. we don't have to yeah. keep borrowing to keep spending. That would right. keep I don't, government revenue We're not alive. trying to maximize the wealth of the no. government. But that's, no. but that's not the way it is in Arkansas because the more money that we gather, right. we yep. get more money from the federal government. Sure. And they look at that. They pay attention to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. – were you were you all here when we they passed the law uh, to make it a class? Well, I guess class one or class A uh, law that if you didn't wear your seatbelt, they could they could write you a ticket. I've only been in Arkansas eleven years. Okay, so, so you might have missed that. I one. I missed that one a little. They but, did it because the federal government said if you'll do that, we'll give you ninety million dollars. You know, I hate to say it, but the government probably offered too much because I swear, I sometimes said the Arkansas government would do whatever, would, would jump through whatever hoop there is for a nickel from the federal government. They sure act yep. that way. It don't does they? sometimes yep. feel that yep. way. And you're just like, way and like, okay, well, we're going to spend a bunch of money, but don't worry, we're going to get a bunch of other money for this program that we don't want. 
from the federal government. You're like, oh, okay, I don't understand how that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a three for one deal. If we spend a dollar, the feds would give us three bucks. Mm-hmm. That's free money. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not free money. And there's always strings attached to it. So the Fed yeah. doesn't actually ever give you free money. They they like to have strings attached. Maybe I don't want those strings. You know, they, which, they give you regulated money. They don't. Do, do you ever feel like people don't understand? Uh, for instance, when you're talking about spending on schools, yeah, and people say, "Well, we got to take the money from the government." No, you don't. You know, if you wouldn't take the money from the government then you wouldn't have to put up with a lot of their stupid rules. Maybe you want to have prayer back in school. Don't take their money. And then they can't tell you how you got to, if you, if you allow somebody to pray in your school, they won't give you what may be 6% of your education budget back. I mean, I would love to see a situation where the money follows the child completely and totally. Mm -hmm. And did you know Bruce Westerman when he was a state legislator? Not real, no. Not yeah, really. that's what he wanted to do. He I was trying that. to push that through, that every student would have a certain amount of money attached to them. Attached were, to them, and when they went to that another school, that school got that money. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Who knows? It, it never passed. <laughs> what's good for your kid than you as a parent? And each of your five kids was probably very different. And it'd be great if two of them went to the same school because that makes it easier for you to do the, the, the drive. Right. But, you know, your kids could be so, so different. And sometimes people talk about it for kids with special needs, and that's really important. But, man, maybe your kid is just wants this other thing. You really want your kids to get a, a religious education, or you think music is really important. Let, the, let you figure that out. Well, There's here. no way some bureaucrat who doesn't know your kids is going to be able to do that here's the thing that the reason the public schools fight against it so much is that i think they know that a lot of people would take their money to private schools they would just leave yeah you know they'd go somewhere where they think their kids are really learning something Mm -hmm. and they're not they're not teaching them sex education they're not teaching them about transgenderism and all the rest of those things. So they're I'm teaching in, them reading, writing, and arithmetic. I'm in the awkward spot of uh, we were very happy at the local public school. Uh huh. And and I'm not saying that you can't be happy. We were super happy. There are still some we were super happy. And then COVID happened, and that was a weird year. And but then this year, the second year, um, they were just like, listen, we're just going to try and see if we can get the kids who are two years behind. To catch up, at, but but my son's not actually two years behind, uh-huh. and we kind of asked what their plan was, and their plan was, well, you know, he could just kind of sit around, basically. No, so we didn't go for that. No. I don't blame you. So we have our son enrolled in a in a private school starting in January, and we moved to our neighborhood because at the time the school was great, and we're really lucky. We have the we have the ability to take our kid to a, a private school. Well, what about everyone else? Everybody right. should have that opportunity. Right. Right. right, and it's not weird that some provider was really good for a while, and now they're not, right? There's been tons of restaurants where they used to be good, and now they're not. That's correct. And you, you just move your money, and you don't go to the restaurant that's not good. And both of them are services. They're both services. Right. That's exactly right. And so I would love for people to be able to take the money and move it to where someone is responding and taking care of their kid. And no one knows that better than you as a parent. 
I agree with that wholeheartedly. Man, we're singing out of the same choir book on that. We one. are. We, we are. definitely are singing that. And, and that's what Westerman wanted. That would be great. Here's what he said. The big issue at that time that he brought this up, and he's been in Congress now four or six years, so mm. this was maybe eight years ago Okay, when he was a state uh, rep. And and he made the statement. He said, look, this is this is the way – to do this and because every kid learns differently and and what whatever and he just wanted to attach the money to them yep. where they yep. went that's where the money went right. but the private or the public schools were afraid that they could not compete with the private schools they still feel that way mm-hmm. and so they don't want you to be able to take the money now the big issue was was uh, the lakeside right, thing right. that was going on but Bruce said that as long as the money was attached to every kid, it was the same. Every yep. kid had the same amount of money going to the school. Yep. Then uh, you got around Lakeview because that's equitable right, right. funding. Right. Now, you, you satisfy the requirements of Lakeview and you allow people, one, who are paying property tax, right? I mean, property tax at the county level is how schools are funded majoritarily. That's correct. Right, yep. in Arkansas. So for those who are paying property tax especially those people should be able to take that money that they're giving the government, right, and take that money back for their child's education to be able to follow that wherever they want to go. I am not holding my breath, but I have heard in the state Senate here that they want to get to a place where if you, you, you own a home for X amount of years and then you turn a certain age that you don't pay property taxes any longer. Really? Seems like to me that makes sense because you should be able to own your property for a little bit of time without the worries of the tax man coming. So they're going to figure out how to figure out. So you get to own it for one day before you die. I guess. Smoker, you get to you get to have you own it a little (laughs) bit earlier. You non-smoker, you you have to wait a while. It's 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 really amazing when you think about it. You say, "Well, I own my property because I paid off my mortgage." No, you don't. Yeah. No, try not paying your property taxes for a few years. See if you're like not a SWAT team would show up at your yeah, house. Yeah, see if you're not on the courtyard, you know, the courtyard steps because yeah. that's exactly oh, yeah. where you'll be. Oh, yeah. All right, got to get our final break in for this hour. The folks from uh, uh, UCA for Acre are here. We're going to talk further for the next hour coming up. We're going to talk about something really important to you: your money. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, I was just talking to David. He used to live out in the Bay Area, and he's moved here to Arkansas. And, and some of the things that he was talking about why he moved, I understand. But that's what makes this country great. Yeah. All right? You can basically find whatever kind of you know government you want. I was just telling them I had seen where Davis, that's the governor, or Newsom, had said in California if the federal government – uh, in the form of the Supreme Court, basically said Roe was dead, and uh, that happened. Well, here in Arkansas, we've got a piece of legislation sitting. It's got a trigger on it. By a trigger, I mean it's not in effect right now unless the Supreme Court rules Roe is illegal. And if that happens, it becomes illegal here in the state of Arkansas. In California, on the other hand, Newsom has come out and said, we're going to become the uh, abortion sanctuary state. We will we will pay for your money to travel here. 
we'll put you up, we'll pay for your abortion and the whole nine yards because that's what they want to do. Well, if you move there, then they figure you're in on the gig, all right? That's the way it is. But that's what makes this country so great, I think. And it was that way before Roe. It wasn't like, you know, abortion was illegal everywhere in America. It wasn't that way. It was different in every state way it should be. That's called federalism. Yep. And we need a lot more of it. Just need more federalism. Right. Need more uh, of that. You know, on our issues, we've noticed that states that have lower income taxes get a lot more in-migration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. You're like, oh, of course, people would want to move to places that have lower taxes. Why are we, why are we trying to lower <laughs> the tax rate in Arkansas as far as, you know, your income tax? It's because states around us, like Tennessee, yep. right. Right. Tennessee. Texas, yeah. and others have a lower uh, have no state tax or they uh, they have a lower state tax yep. than what we do and people move there i mean look i love governor huckabee he's a good guy he also can can see the writing on the wall he moved back to be next be close to his grandchildren when sarah came back but before that he moved to florida he moved to florida where they didn't have a state income tax i don't yep. blame him i understand why you do that yeah okay I also understand that they have that revenue neutrality thing going because if you go to Texas, uh, you may not have an income tax, but you don't want to pay your property taxes there. Property taxes are nope. really high nope. in Texas. Don't want to pay property taxes there, but uh, also you you also don't want to uh, live in anywhere outside of really Texarkana as far as income tax goes, yeah. right? Because Texarkana has uh, the border city uh, income tax exemption, right? So. For those who live in the city limits uh, of Texarkana, they don't have to pay the Arkansas state income tax. So here's the key. If it's good enough for them, why isn't it good enough for the rest of us? That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. I mean, if you can figure Mm -hmm. out how to do it there, don't you think you can figure how to do it for the state? Right, and and that's that's why we're so excited about these tax cuts that just happened, right? Because they they take five hundred million dollars almost out of the budget, and that's that's going to go back to taxpayers. That's going to be realized savings for them. But it also puts the state on a on a track to zero income tax, right? Because we we create incentives around cutting government programs, we create incentives around lowering taxes, and then we can we can push future governors and, and future legislatures to continue this. So, how are you guys? Do you do you get a lot of questions from state reps and state senators? There's about four or five that contact us semi regularly. There's a couple that contact us every now and then, and there's a couple that, in all honesty. We haven't done as good a job on our communications and reaching out to, right? You know, if, if they're not reaching out to us, I'd like to blame them, but that, that sounds like maybe it's our fault. And we, we, that we, we need, need to reach out to them better. We need to be better about that and work harder on it. Do you have any kind of a, um, a meeting or whatever before you go into uh, a session to sit and talk to the Republican caucus because they're basically the people you're going to talk to right. about sure. taxes and things that, and spending. No, but if you want to set that up, that I be will fan- set one yeah. up. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I will. I count on it. All right, okay? I'm excited. We'll make excited. it happen because look, I know I bring you guys on because I want my listeners to know and understand right. how all of this works, but. Uh, the people that really need to know how it works and can a- and ask questions mm. and know how to integrate this into what we've got going right now 
are the legislators themselves. Yeah. I don't expect them to know everything. No. No. No, they, they can't possibly know And, everything. I mean, the dilemma for them is when they first come in, there's a whole bunch of stuff to learn. And then at some point, they've, they've term limited out. And there's a time when I really love the idea of term limits. But it does seem like people term limit out just as they're really figuring out exactly what they're doing. And then the new people have to lean on lobbyists. And, and I, I didn't want that to be the case. And I really thought when lobbyists have a have a place. Yeah, for sure. But the problem is their place tends to be how can I get more money for the people I'm lobbying for and not yeah, for sure. the people of Arkansas. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I mean, I look at what Walmart does and stuff. I'm not happy with Walmart anymore and what and what they do. They they have a typical typically have a different viewpoint of this state than the average Arkansan does. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was very obvious when they forced the hand of the legislature to come up with something called, um, you know, hate crime legislation. They didn't call it that, but it was that light is what it was. Yeah. And McMillan put out that, and I think he's the CEO mm-hmm. of, of Walmart about this was a good start and yada, yada, yada. And I said, look, if you want to change the state, why don't you put up your money and run for office? Run for governor and see what the people of Arkansas say about you. Yeah. See if they want to do it. And then we can go from there. All right. We've got through an hour. Wow. It went fast. It went fast. Always goes fast when you guys are on. I'm always interested in what you have to say. we got more interesting things that you need to think about. We've already covered some educational issues. We already covered some things about uh, your income tax. And uh, we, I want to come back to income tax. How do we get to zero? Let's talk about that in the next segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's move into the second hour. Heidi, open your microphone. Uh, what what do you rate my uh, chocolate chip cookies as? I would say an eight out of ten. Okay, that's good. That's above average. Yeah, that's really good. And there, I I I learned something about making chocolate chip cookies this weekend. 
I had made some earlier in the week, and they got as hard as rocks. And oh. I, I do not like crispy chocolate chip cookies. They got to be chewy in the middle, you know. And, and in fact, when you take them out of the oven, I want to be able to grab them and pull them open, and the the chocolate just stretches across. But anyway, uh, these are really, really, really uh, chewy. Did and, you say they were Toll House cookies? Yes, that's the recipe that I use. And uh, what was what was cool about it is that I found out in the recipe, I think it says three-quarters of a cup of sugar and three-quarters of a cup of brown sugar. Hmm. What you do is you, you, you switch it over to uh, two, uh, you know, a half a cup of white sugar, which is uh, two, you know, two-fourths. And then you turn around and you go to a full cup of brown sugar. Now, the reason you do that is... To keep them moist and keep them chewy, you need more uh, liquid right. in the cookie. Well, brown sugar has more liquid than white sugar. Brown sugar has molasses in it. So you, 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 you go up by a quarter of a cup of brown sugar, down a quarter of a cup of uh, white sugar, and guess what? Those cookies are staying. Well, I got up this morning, and I, I said, this will be the, this going to be it. Now, I pulled it out, and I had two for breakfast, and I wanted to have more. <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> the they, were, they were that's good, good, man. They were really good. So, yeah, that's, that's for you bakers out there, there you go. Okay, cut it by a quarter of a cup on the white. Add a quarter of a cup to the brown. That's what you do. And you're just putting extra moisture in the cookie, and, boy, they're good. Excellent. They were good. Uh, also, before we get back to talking with the guys from uh, Acre, let me uh, tell you that uh, we've been telling you about White Christmas. It's going to be shown tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, over at Riverdale 10. Uh, we've added another showing because we've just about sold every ticket in the first in the, in the first theater. We don't wait until the last moment. They evidently uh, added an extra showing in another theater uh, this, uh, I think, Sunday is when they did it. So know that when you call in you probably won't get a seven o'clock because most people don't want to sit in the front row i mean i front row is hard to sit and watch okay uh anyway we're going to put another theater on and it's going to be at 705 so you'll probably pick the 705 theater to go see the movie five bucks is all it costs to get in you can't beat that that's less that's about half price to see a, a ticket you get all the food to be available i gotta have a big bucket of popcorn and a diet coke whenever i go in for sure and, for sure i mean i i will walk into a theater going i'm not buying any popcorn i just got done eating i don't need popcorn all i gotta do is walk in and smell it yes yep and i gotta have it yep. and i've talked to i've talked to to uh, matt smith about that the owner of riverdale 10 one of his rules mm. is as soon as you popped up the the, the container, mm. you start a new one. Oh. He says it, you, your popcorn is always popping ah. for that. You can so smell. You get that smell. Yep, because ah. he knows how powerful it is. You know, it's like one of those cartoons that you see, and the, 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 the wafting of the odor would be yep. moving through, and then it turns into a hand with a finger oh, right, right. bringing you across. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it it, at least that's what it is for me. So anyway, tomorrow night, 
White Christmas at Riverdale 10, 7 o'clock. First showing, new time now, 7.05. Second theater selling. Get your tickets. Go to Riverdale10.com. Buy them online. You'll be able to get them there at the theater. And uh, uh, just go over to the, the machine. It prints it out for you. And you can go right on in. That'll let you get in line to get your popcorn and soda quicker. Keep that up. All right. So the guys make her here. Uh, David is here. And Joseph is Joseph Johns and David uh, uh, Mitchell yep. are with us. I was asking Joseph, where's the PhD that works with you guys? Jeremy? Oh, yeah, where is he? Well, I, know. I also have a PhD. Okay, but I Jeremy's did, I awesome. Did, I didn't know that. Oh, I, have a PhD. I apologize. Yeah, I have a PhD in economics from George Mason. Um, I was Walter Williams research assistant for two years. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yep. He. What he basically made it seem like I was not very good, but he kept me on. Was he? Was he as smart? He's amazing. And now he's passed there. away. Now he passed away. Yeah, okay. He passed away. But he was amazing, and he had not only a gift for like seeing directly into the heart of the problem of what was going on, and then explaining it in a way that was so clear that you, that thought, you could understand. How did I not it. know this beforehand? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that was great. I and, loved it when he would fill in for Rush. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like going to school. It really, really, it really was. Because he, he could, really remembered something. Yeah, because he could explain it in a way that was easy to grasp. Yeah, and he was the first person I ever met who also really explained that lots of regulations that are pushed by progressives are actually very regressive. That all these rules and regulations are designed to hurt poor people. Oh, cool. Yeah. And they, the the veneer on the outside is that... They're going to help poor people, but that's never the actual case. Here's what they're saying for most of, most of the time. You're too stupid to know what you should do. Right. I, I feel that way about Social Security. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on it now. Yep. All right. I mean, I I got to that point that I'm on it now. I didn't want to be on it, yeah. but you almost have to if you're if you want Social Security. By the way, you got to get on Medicare. Oh, okay. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't know it either until um, who was the uh, congressman that worked with Newt on the um, contract with America down from Tex- in Texas? Dick the Army? D- the Army. Okay. Yeah, from Denton area. And uh, I, Dick was here doing a presentation, and I got some minutes to sit down with him. And he said, I am, I'm, I'm really, really ticked. He didn't say ticked off, all right? He used some other words. Okay. So uh, not he, radio was, words. he was not happy, all right? Yeah. And he said, I found out to be able to get my Social Security, I have to go on Medicare. He says, I don't want to go on Medicare. I want to keep my own own uh, health care. Yeah. And they made him go on Medicare, and he was spitting nails. I'm just yeah. telling you. Okay. But that yeah. goes to show how much – look, he was in the know. Yeah. That's a guy who knew what was going on. He was writing the bills. He, he, wrote, yeah. he wrote the contract with America, not Newt. Yeah. Dick did. You ask him, he'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he uh, he didn't even know that. Wow. He didn't have a clue, and and that's not good. It's not. It's not good. But it 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 just goes to show that they've got so many rules and regulations now that you can't possibly know them all. No, you can't until no. you fall under one of until them. Until you fall under one of them, get yourself in trouble. Yeah. You know, it's it's just. It, it's crazy, and and that works with money too. Yep. And the way these people spend, I mean, the way that they tried to make this build back better bill, yeah, that they call it, 
meet the CBO's, uh, you know, numbers to tell everybody it really wasn't going to cost anything and all this other stuff was that a lot of the material in the bill only lasts for one year. There is no policy that Congress passes that's going to last for one year. It's like, we'll give you free child care for one year. Now I'll ask the question to the, to the legislator as I did here locally when the Republicans folded on on Obamacare and didn't fight against it. And they said, well, we're, we're going to change it. We've got all these Republican ideas for it. And I always looked at him. I said, you understand that it's called Obamacare. He wrote the main bill yeah, and, right. with the legislature. And if you don't want to do it their way, you're going to do it their way whether you want to or not. Yeah. Yep. So that's where we're at in this country now. Yep, for sure, for sure. And yeah, thank you, thank you, Justice a, Roberts. By the way, yeah, every time there's a temporary program, it's a permanent program. I mean, we talked about that in the first hour that Milton Friedman says there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government. Program. That's correct. You give people something, yep, then try to take it away from them. And not only can you not take it away from them, but now there's an entrenched bureaucracy of people who want like, to make it bigger, job. and that's their job, and the way that they get promoted and manage more people is that program has to get bigger. Right. But, but, but one way that, that we can sort of restrict the size of government here though, is things like amendment 19 in the Arkansas state. Yeah. Constitution. I'm glad you mentioned that. Right. So, so this is one way that, that we can create incentives for government to okay, I'm gonna stop you just for a second. As you're driving into work right now, most that's what most of you are doing. I want you to listen very closely to what this does. So it's really important. But most Arkansans don't have a clue. Yep. Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead, Joe. So, so Amendment 19 to the Arkansas State Constitution says that three-quarters of the legislature have to vote in the affirmative. That is, they have to vote yes in order to raise the individual income tax before, uh, before it, it can become law. And this is incredibly important because a three-quarters vote is very, very difficult for a legislature to, to pass. Usually these things pass by a simple majority. That's, that's uh, I mean, that's just not even near what, uh, that's an extra 25% that we're talking about here. So that's an incredible uh, bar that they have to pass. And, and for, uh, especially the income tax that we just passed, that's going to make this a permanent, quasi-permanent income tax cut. That way, uh, for future years, for future sessions, they can be limited. Uh, and that's good. That is good. That's, that's really good because, yeah. you know, every year there's some new crisis and, you know, government hates to let a crisis go to waste. No, no, there's no. And Rahm Emanuel was very, very accurate. You know, accurate oh, yeah. And, and he wasn't the first one to say that. I mean, this is pretty well known if you do public finance uh, economics that when there's a crisis, the size of government dramatically increases and it never comes right back down to where it was. It never comes back down. It ratchets up. It's called the ratchet effect. Right. And look, look what COVID did to us. It's a ratchet, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's very clear what, what the crisis was. And sometimes you think, what was the crisis that year? That <laughs> what was the crisis? <laughs> That's the truth. But they too. made up a crisis. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the reason that it's exciting, that's a super majority, is that you can imagine two or three years that we might be able to get 50% of the legislature to say, well, it's a crisis. We got to do something. But if they have to get the supermajority, then just a couple of legislators standing firm 
can say, nope, we're not doing that. We're not raising taxes. That's happening right now. When you look at the BBB and the Senate side, Manchin and Seneca are holding the line right now. More Manchin than Seneca, I sure, think. Sure, sure. Right. I think she actually wants some like very, very different things than him. Yeah. And if they gave them where she got more money for, you know, Arizona, she'd right. be happy to oh, yeah, yeah. She vote it on all of Arizona. And she's got a bunch of green initiatives that she's involved in that I don't really understand. Yeah, and, and yeah. she is not uh, a favorite of people like me who believe that borders serve a purpose Yeah, in America. That's not Seneca. All right, let's take a break. We got time to get a break in right now. Let's do that. Remind you about uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They open at ten o'clock today. They open at ten o'clock Monday through Saturday, and Eric uh, is there and will be happy to meet with you and show you some different. You go in and say, Eric, I got X amount of dollars to spend, and I'd like to get something uh, nice uh, for my other side. Uh, for Christmas, and he can basically run you right through the the rigors and show you the good stuff that he's got. Uh, He also always allows uh, breaks on prices. For instance, if you walk in and say, hey, Eric, Dave sent me, he'll know which Dave you're talking about, and you get 20% off right off the top, and uh, that's always a good thing. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E, and uh, you can get with him uh, by just walking up and hitting the bell to go into his uh, his business. Or if you want to have a, a special meeting with him about something you want designed, because he designs jewelry as well. Uh, all you got to do is call him, 501-246-3655, and you can get in and talk to him. That is Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Don't forget about them, and don't forget about White Christmas Tuesday night. Only $5, Riverdale 10 at 7 p.m. David likes coming on this show because during the break, we talk everything but money, typically. Everything but money, yes. You know, I was just talking about Sirius Radio has Neil Young on Channel 27 right now. And uh, I guess it's just through the middle of this week, but he was playing all the tracks off uh, after the Gold Rush which I think is his finest album. But uh, he was talking about the picture in the front of the album, and there's a picture of this old, beat-up television with the rabbit ears uh, on the side of the hill. And he said when we we did the album at his house, uh, sitting there in Topanga uh, uh, Canyon, and he says, I was looking down, and I saw that old TV, and I thought, that's perfect for this album. He went down and took the picture, and they used it on the uh, and the album. But anyway, it's a great album. If you've ever heard it, go go listen to it. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right, so we, I'm going to come on back to David and to, to Joseph here. What You make your point, and, and I'm going to let you – I'm going to kind of sit back and just listen to you guys. Uh, they've got this tax cut that the governor just was dying to get done, yep. and I heard that he didn't want to take up any other bills – uh, for the simple reason that he he didn't want to take any of the uh, eyes off of what they had done, all right? Because yeah. it was a lot of money, five hundred million dollars, basically. And uh, you said, "Well, that's well and good, but what's next?" Yeah, that's that's right. what's that's our question. And uh, you know, we were talking earlier. You know, they they interviewed Nick Saban after one of his many national championships, and they said, "What are you going to do now?" And he says, "Well, I'm going to celebrate tonight, and then tomorrow I'm going to get back to work." Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what we want for Arkansas is like, okay, you did a great thing. You know, at some point, middle-income families making about 52000 Joseph ran the numbers. Okay, right. They're going to save $313 a year. Yeah, That's great. But what are you going to do next? And uh, one of the things is, you know, Arkansas has a super high sales tax. And it's weird to have a high sales that's tax. Under, that's an understatement. Yeah. And you have a high sales tax and you have the income tax. You think, mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, there, there's a few taxes that, that could and should be cut, uh, especially for the, the local option sales tax business here. Yeah. Uh, so the local option sales taxes have to be administered uh, separately and from, from the, the, the general and primary elections. And so those elections, according to research from UCA, have cost the state somewhere in the realm of $7.4 million uh, between 1981 and 2016. That's an average of $200,000 a year for, for each special election. Uh, and, and these are not elections that have to happen during those times. These are elections that are simply, uh, are simply done just because they know that they can get it passed during a special election when turnout is low. And when turnout is low, historically we've seen that there's an inverse relationship, right, between the amount of people that come out for it and the, and the likelihood that it's going to be passed. Well, the people who are going to come out for it are the people who benefit from it. Of course. You know, Wait, like, are you suggesting that the uh, ele- the polling <laughs> spots for the library tax were at the library? Yeah, yeah. You got all that. You got all that. But, you know, school taxes, all of it. Yep. Uh, they want to get their people, get the teachers all to the polls. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times it can be just a matter of a handful of votes to make the difference. Yeah, yeah, because right. so few people vote. So few people vote on these that it is one of the times when voting really matters. Yeah, because it's trivial amounts of people voting. And, you know, uh, David Ray in the last session had this bill that we thought was pretty good. House Bill 1368. Yeah. And he was going to say they have to be on the third Tuesday in May or the first Tuesday in November. That's when you can have them. And he was like, okay, you can have it during primary. You can have it during general election and off year. You can have it the same time that people are used to. Yep. Mm -hmm. You can't do random Tuesday that no one even knows it's an election. And it's one of these little like tax creeps. And of course, there's never a random election on a on a Tuesday to lower your taxes. Absolutely no. not. <laughs> That's never a thing. It's always a oh, I, I didn't even know they were voting. What's this about? To raise your taxes. <laughs> yeah, they only have to let you know through an ad of a certain size, which is very small, in yeah, a newspaper. Right. Yeah. Let me just ask you: When's the last time, seriously, that you sat down and read a newspaper? From cover to cover, be able to even find that ad, which is usually many times going to be in the help wanted section. Well, I'm not really, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my current job, so I'm not looking at the help wanted right, section. Right, I gotcha. Right. And I read the newspaper on my cell phone, so I never do it that way. I yeah. would never find it that way. I, yeah. If they tweeted about it, maybe I would know. Um, honestly, I, I hate to say it, but I had to lean on, on Ryan Norris at AFP Arkansas. Mm. He told me about the third election. He told me, like, what, this is the date that it is. Good old Ryan. Even, Ryan keeps up on all that. Yeah. I mean, he this tells is me what, what I do as part of my job, and I still wasn't exactly sure of the date. I mean, they, they could definitely do a better job with public engagement and, and letting the public know, right? Yeah. Especially in the 21st century. I mean, if we're still putting ads in the paper, I think we need to. I think we need to get better. And you don't get to see yard sales vote no. Yeah. On on this, typically, because the other side's got to know about it, too, so they can mount, you know, their fight about it. 
Okay, so I'm going to have PI Roofing come out to my house this week. Uh, we had uh, hail in our area Friday night, so I want them to take a look at the roof, see if there's any damage from the hail. Did you know that in Cabot that there were pieces of hail the size of baseballs on Friday night? And that's not good for your roof, I'm just telling you. So if you were in that area... You should have somebody check it out for you, and PI Roofing be willing to do that. Just call them 707-3551, 707-3551, or go online to piroofing.com, and they'll check it all out. And if there's work that's got to be done, they'll meet with your insurance company and your appraiser and do all of that, and typically you're looking at whatever your deductible is and that, that you'll have to pay, and they'll, they'll put the roof back on. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, because I'm getting close to having to put a roof on my house. So if I can blame it on. If you can blame it on the hail. On the hail, then that's going to save me some dollars, just to be honest with you. All right. So the guys from Acre are here. And, of course, they are from UCA. It's kind of a of a well-kept secret, I think. And I, I try to have them on from time to time. Yeah. What we do maybe twice a year? Twice a year, two, three times a year. Yeah, yeah. have you guys come on and talk? Because they're really a great addition here to the state. Because guess what? They're pretty conservative guys. And I like pretty conservative yeah. guys. I don't agree with them 100%. Look, they don't They don't think that probably right off top of the bat, they'd be kind of like Charlie Collins was if... <laughs> If I were governor and cut 10% spending, they probably say, Dave, you might want to go a little less just so people can be prepared for what's coming. But the bottom line is, is that uh, they, they, they got behind the governor's proposal for this cut and they talked about all the great things that it would, would bring. And uh, I'm pragmatic enough that if I see that there's a plan that people will vote for, I'm more than happy to see that plan run. So uh, instead of nothing, yeah, instead of oh, nothing, sure. I could, I'll take something over nothing yeah, any yeah. day. You oh. know, that's what uh, what happens here. I mean, uh, look, uh, David has a PhD in economics. Yep. Where are you at on the on the food chain? Yeah, yeah. So I have a, a, <laughs> a master's in economics from uh, from the same school, George Mason University. What? See, this is cool. George Mason's like. Uh, a great area of libertarian thought. It is the yes. libertarian yeah. free market university. It really does seem to be that way. There's no one else that's even really even trying. remotely close. Don't, yeah. don't get out and talk. The only other person that's fairly close to you is the one in Michigan. And I'm trying to Hills. think. Hills there. Yeah. All right. They're kind of, they're more just constitutional instead yep. of libertarian. But still. Uh, those are. If I was going to send my kid to college, it'd be one of those two yeah. mm-hmm. institutions. Oh. Just to be honest, you wouldn't have to worry about sending them away and they coming back as a little brown shirt. Okay, right. if you don't understand what I'm doing, look it up. Yeah. Look up brown shirt. Look up brown shirt. <laughs> Although, actually, I mean, if you wanted to take economics, UCA is a pretty good place. Yeah, now uh, it is. There's a. Mm-hmm. You know, as Jeremy Horbidal has a PhD in econ he, from George Mason. He's also at UCA. Uh, Joe McGarity has a PhD in economics from jo- from George Mason. Wow. He's also at UCA. You're all there. This is great. It's a pretty free market place. Um, the chair of our department has a PhD from Florida State, which is maybe not quite as free market as George Mason, but pretty close. So let me just ask that question. What has happened in our nation? Did it, did it start during FDR's? 
term or was it even earlier during the turn of the century uh, when we got the income tax and, and whatnot? Uh, you know, when did we start turning our back on the free market? I mean, I think and what lies so did they tell to move us from it? I mean, there's always a core group of people who would rather like sponge off someone else than actually produce. And the thing that's difficult about the free market is in order to eat, in order to live, you have to provide services to others. And there's a whole bunch of people who don't really like that idea. And I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, oh, well, they don't want you. I don't mind if you make a profit, but only a profit that I think you should make. Right. I do. My, I have to. I don't know where my wife picked that up at. I mean, she doesn't say it that way. But here's here's what my wife will say. Well, nobody deserves to make that big of a paycheck. And I go, well, how many you people did you about? help? Yeah. yeah, that's my question. How many yep. people did you help? So, how much value, right? Have you added through? That? You know, yeah. people complain about Amazon making a lot of money, but throughout the re- the coronavirus stuff, you know, stuff has been showing up at my door every day. Probably we shouldn't shop quite as often as we do, but magically stuff shows up at our doorstep <laughs> right. every day. Consistently. And that With has a solved smile a lot on of problems. The box. A smile mm-hmm. on the box. And that has solved a lot of our problems. I so agree. we needed things and things magically appeared. Now we also ordered some things we probably didn't need, but Well, I'm I'm doing most of my Christmas shopping this year off of uh, Amazon. And you know what the the second thing I look at after price? Delivery date. Yeah. yeah. I want to know, I get some that it says on there, will not arrive till after Christmas. Well, I move on because yeah, this yeah. is for Christmas, all right? Yeah. This is the way it is. So. I got I got delivery on Sunday yeah. uh, for my uh, grandson. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. But so that's, that's important to me. Yep. And they keep earning your, your business day after day, right? So and that's actually quite different than government that might do something good that's once. That's what I was going to say. Why, why is it so hard for people to understand that the Postal Service is not even coming close to giving you the same service that Amazon or, right. or whomever you might be getting, FedEx or whoever? Mm-hmm. They can do it so much better, but we're paying millions upon millions of dollars to the federal Postal Service. So you would think that Amazon could have never won this competition because the post office was already there, already set up, already ensconced. And yet Amazon was like, no, I think we can do better than this. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Amazon is some moral giant. They are just good at providing services to their customers. Right. That's all they are. Yeah. And that's made yeah. them a ton of money. Good for them. Yeah. I remember when... I was working up in uh, North Dakota, Grand Forks, and they had that big flood up there. And mm-hmm. uh, people may remember the picture of the business that was burning down, mm. and there was water all around it, and they were trying to shoot water on it from rowboats and stuff. Well, one of the things that happened is that Amazon built one of their big distribution centers there. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Bezos was talking about that they were not expecting to make a profit I don't know, five years after they had built it. I was a a little bit irritated with the tax breaks that they were going to give to them. Uh And uh, and I said, look, if if they'll take those off the table, I'm all for this. Yeah. Uh You know, they take all they take all the risk at that point. Yeah, they take the risk. 
I'm not a big fan of special tax breaks and t- special handouts for, for companies. And it goes we do back, that a lot here in this state. We love to do that in we Arkansas. Do that way too much. So, one, the empirical evidence, the research shows that these aren't that good. They don't, they're not magical. And it's a little bit of Bastiat. And, in, you know, Bastiat's this early economist, and he talks about the seen and the unseen. And you see the factory that you made with the, the special tax incentives. But you don't see all the factories that could have occurred, that would have occurred, if only everyone's taxes were low. There you go. Right. You know, you gave one group $50 million. I'm just throwing that up. Eh, maybe $50 million yeah, yeah, yeah. for like a, like a steel company. A steel company, maybe. You know. well, are we talking about Nucor? Yeah. Well, I didn't say their name. But imagine, imagine <laughs> they had a special tax session to do this good thing, but then you gave $50 million to a, a steel company. Right. And on top of that, yeah. it's not like they're suffering in any way, shape, or form. So, Nucor is making money hand over right. fist. Right. A- right. And, and they're already in Arkansas. Yes. We're not luring them to Arkansas. Yeah. They're already this here. This is not a, a, a so, location decision. This is just us giving yeah. that money away. So the thing is, is that they say, ah, but we're going to be able to see, we're going to be able to touch the, the, the new facility and the new things that they're doing. You're like, yeah, but you're not going to be able to see and you're not going to be able to touch the things that Arkansans might have done with the $50 million if you haven't given it to a steel company. You'd instead let the taxpayers have it on their own. Now, especially, that's especially true for this this tax giveaway because it's coming from the Long-Term Reserve Fund or the Catastrophic Reserve Fund. Yep, they changed the name, the name of it. Right. Yep. So, so they, they changed the name to Catastrophic, uh, but they didn't change the rules on how the money is withdrawn from that fund and they didn't change... Uh, any of the rules around uh, how it goes back to taxpayers. So the the, the Colorado uh, tax uh, amendment bill of rights, or, yeah. So that that bill basically says, or that law basically says that the money has to go back to Colorado taxpayers, and yeah. that comes out of a special fund very similar to the catastrophic reserve. And if we were to in Arkansas say adopt that kind of a rule, that instead of fifty million dollars going to an existing company that, in all honesty, doesn't need that money but simply is benefiting from that, then Arkansas taxpayers could be empowered but through $50 million going back to 3 million people approximately. Then, I mean, that's a, that's a higher economic return, I feel like, than, than what we're going to get from, from the new core deal. I, I learned a lot about this in Indiana okay. when, I, when I was covering politics there back in the 90s. And, uh, you know, the governor who was, who was in there at that time, and his name of just went out my head but anyway they were going to build a car company yep. help bring in a car company to the uh Fayette, not Fayetteville the Lafayette area okay. and it was millions of dollars yep. by was the name of the guy oh, right. Evan by yep. and uh he was out beating the drum for I mean big time and it it took me a while but I understood something that when you when you go out to get businesses that mm-hmm. way, you put states in comp- competition mm-hmm. against each other mm-hmm. for who will give the most money yes. right. out on that. I mean, in, in Ohio, where they were trying to get this company to come from, mm-hmm. they had just signed a big deal in Ohio two years previously yep. for all kinds of tax cuts and everything, and then they decided they were going to go to Indiana. Well, they didn't meet all the requirements of, x amount of jobs and all of that that it was supposed to right 
increase. Which, which which brings up the clawback issue, right? So so the the, the legislature did fortunately include clawback uh, language in, into the, the the fifty million dollars for for Nucor. That's good. So, but if somebody's yeah. paying attention, if, if someone's paying, paying attention, attention, and and we need them to pay attention because in Arkansas, uh, the legislature has historically reneged on. Uh, on the clawback agreements, right? So even though we put that in there, we need to cleave to the letter of the law in in every circumstance, right? This can't just be a, a corporate giveaway that if they somehow magically don't create this electric arc furnace that they're talking about and they don't create those needed jobs, then then we need to we need to. Hold I can't remember the, the the company in Conway that ended up in Conway. It was a software company. Uh, Hewlett Packard. Thank you. They were supposed to create. I don't know, hundreds of jobs, hundreds and, they, of jobs right? and they didn't do it. I don't know if they, they got the claw back on them. I don't think so. No, we so, should figure so, that out. So that they didn't. So there's some research by Jacob Bundrick at UCA that uh, he basically talked about the fact that they missed their, their employment goals by something like 30 to 35%. Yeah, that's but, huge. Right, and, and, and then the state uh, reneged on the clawback agreements and only got 5 to 10% of, of the money back that they gave them relative to the, the employment loss that, that Conway suffered. Right. That's on them that's right. not i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't blame the company i try to get away with whatever whatever i could you sure, know sure. i say yeah yep. well we'll give you 35 percent." they said well look five percent's enough yeah oh okay yeah, yeah. i don't know go ahead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that that you yeah. did that for perfect me. yeah if, especially if you're not going to sue me for it yeah mm-hmm. you don't want to get right. nailed on that no. and we all know how well hewitt packard's doing yeah. Not so much. Not so much. Not so, not so much. Let's get a break yeah. in. We'll finish up when we come back. We're, we're kind of hitting all over the place, but it, it's to let you know that a lot of people don't think, you know, economics are important. I'm going to tell you what, you know, you either take part, it's just like politics. You either get involved in politics or politics will get involved with you. It's the same thing with economics. You either learn how how it works or it will work you over. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is true. That's just the way it, that, that, it, that it does that. Hey, don't forget about Pat Davis. He wants to help you with your health care insurance. Uh, 501-605-6935 is their number. And uh, yourhealthplanman.com, that's his website. You can go there and learn all about this as well. Save 30 to 50% on health insurance. Uh, use any provider in the nation. Uh, that sells insurance it's an insurance plan not a share plan and no co-pay uh, co-pays again that's pat davis 501-605-6935 all right back with you here on the dave ellswick show we were co- talking college football just a moment ago i told you we talk all kinds of things yeah here at, uh, at this show it's a lot of fun but you talk about different things all day you don't spend too i bet we've spent more time with you in your car today maybe 20 25 minutes talking about economics than you've even thought about over the last two years but you need to start thinking about it you need to start understanding how it works yeah because if you don't it costs you big money Uh over time people don't realize that i they always tell me that you know how do you get to a billion you know, when you're counting to a billion, how do you get to a billion? I said one. Right. That's 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 the way you start at one. You got to do it. You got to start at one, and that's how we we get so far in debt because we're in debt to the federal government. We're a debtor. We're a debtor state. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
we get more money back from the government than we send to them every year. And they're happy to do it as long as you'll give them the, your, uh, your votes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's true. They keep, they'll keep doing that. So how much, I mean, when we talk to people, how, how difficult is it to make your case about, you know, you know, the whole thing about free markets and all the rest, because just about everything they see on national media is about how the federal government is going to save you. You know, it's so bizarre. I'm so befuddled by human beings because if you ask people about the government, they say, oh, I don't trust the government. And then something happens and they, the first thing they say is the government needs to step in. You think, wait, what happened there? Yeah. You have this like bifurcated view of the world that's very, very confusing. And I think the other thing that's really hard for people is to imagine a world without capitalism. If you grew up here, mm. it's hard to imagine the world without capitalism. To imagine a world where you don't have a grocery store full of stuff. And you it's know, not that th- way in Europe. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I I was really lucky in, in nineteen eighty nine there was a program for college students to visit East Germany. Oh wow. And I got to spend a whole summer in in Leipzig, East Germany, when they were still in East Germany, just before the wall fell. And, you know, my German professor at Clemson thought I would like it, and my econ professors at, at Clemson thought it'd be hilarious. Basically. To see socialism up close and personal. I got to see it up close and person and first of all, it was kind of a con job where they had spent a lot of time and money making it look better than it really was. Okay. And as college students from the U.S., we, we were there. We were just like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. I can imagine. So, you know, you're like, there's nothing in the stores. They're like, no, no, we have toilet paper. We're like, man, if you were bragging that you have toilet paper. <laughs> that's not a that's good place terrible. to start. Well, a few months ago now, that <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were bragging about that here locally. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, well, so we got a taste of it. The yeah. more you can sort of think about a world without capitalism, the more you realize how great capitalism is. And capitalism is the system that brings poor people into wealth. And if you think about how you got wealthy before capitalism, you think, well, you, you must have been like a barbarian who took it from people at force, right? Um, nowadays, you can become wealthy by providing services to your fellow man. Develop an app. Yeah, develop yeah. an app. Do something that, <laughs> I mean, that makes... Other, that makes consumers happy, provides a service to them, and you can become wealthy. And 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 historically, right? We've we've seen this kind of shift from from capitalism being portrayed as something that brings poor people into wealth, and now it's it's sort of being demonized as just being about wealth. It's, it's just. But isn't that because companies have bought the you know? politicians favor i mean we've gone to corporatism there's, instead there's of a capitalism. lot of corporatism instead of capitalism and and that is a weird kind of two-way street where on the one hand companies have a lot of wealth and they think maybe we can buy some favors and on the other hand there's some politicians who are willing to sell the favors and you know sometimes politicians say boy i hope we don't have to investigate your industry hey unrelated I'm raising money for my super PAC. There you go. And so they're involved in this thing that is not really part of capitalism. Capitalism is not actually big companies purchasing favors. 
It's small companies. It's it's just mm-hmm. individuals working in, in companies or not in companies solving people's problems. You know, everybody thinks that it, you got to have the federal government involved to keep everybody in line. No, you don't. Nope. You just have laws. Nope. Yeah. And then let nope. the people who are being screwed sue the people who are doing the screwing. Right, right. Yep. N- you know, none of us are anarchists. We would like to continue to have courts, right? We still want courts. Yep. We want, you know, protection of property. That's that's a, a reasonable and f- fundamental part of government is to protect property, to protect it's, your rights. It's in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. also want to protect education. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, capitalism is a system that's not even designed. It's just evolved to make people wealthier. And if you look at places that have capitalism and places that don't, it's pretty stark difference. All right. Places of capitalism are much wealthier. We are done today. I think we're going to set up for you guys to come in and spend one hour a month with me. All right. And, uh, and, not January, February. In February. February. Okay. Start we'll, February. Start, we'll start doing it in February. Yeah. It'll be my birthday present to you. Nice. All right. Joseph, thanks a lot for coming in. David, same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope people learned something. Yeah. I learned some things today as well. But I did know about Nucor. You didn't know about it. I Nucor. knew about yeah, Nucor. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know about Nucor. Yeah. That's all, by the way, it's over towards the Memphis area if you want to know where it's at. All right. Well, time for us to get out of the way. I'll be back with you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. The win, uh, women will be here with their power panel. And then the Bible guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.